Well, good morning. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you today. Everybody survived the holidays? Funky family and all, right? Yeah. You know, family's kind of like fish. After about three days, it starts smelling, and so you have to kind of move it along, kind of go along. No? It's all great in your world? You're lying when you're in church. You know that's not right. So how many parents glad for their kids to go back to school? They're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. And how many kids are ready to go back to school? Yeah? No? Not really? No? You'd much rather be with your mom and dad. That's so sweet and kind. Wow. Well, today I want to talk to you as we kind of are going into this new year and this uh, new time. Uh, it's this time of the year that most people began to try to start, you know, it's a new diet. Anybody started and failed already? I'm not even going to start till tomorrow, so uh, that, that kind of helps me do at least this weekend. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, you know, you, st- Hey, this is what I want to accomplish this year. And this is what I want to do this year. So whether it's a new goal or it's a new, new resolution or it's a change, uh, the problem is never a desire issue. You, you know what you want to accomplish. You, you know what you want to do. And quite frankly, we want to do it really quick. So like, I don't know if you've ever, ever like bought like something late at night on one of those, uh, you know, those infomercials. I did this a couple of years ago, that insanity workout. Yeah, it's insane. It's just like, it's only 20 minutes a day. In 20 minutes a day, I can have a body like that, do all those moves and everything, and I about killed myself. And so, um, yeah, so I just like, I have a body like this and <laughs> instead of a body like that. And so, I mean, you do, you, but, and so we want everything to happen quick and fast, and we want to move and that kind of a deal. And so I, I want to talk, though, about it's not a desire issue. It's about how do we make that happen? And, and, and to understand some of that is to kind of go back, and this is a principle issue for me. Uh, principles work at any time, at any place, with any group of people. Uh, a practice does not. A practice may or may not work at any time, at any place, in any group of people. But a principle is transferable. Principle works. One plus one equals two, any place, any time, any group of people. Today what I want to talk to you about is a principle that works. And it goes back to God's Word. And I know you go, well, yeah, we're in church, it's going to. But I'm telling you... This principle is how anything in life, from agricultural to economics to anybody who's ever accomplished anything, this is how this works. It goes back to this particular, this particular principle. Whether you sit down with a financial planner at Edward Jones, this is a principle they're going to go back to. Whether, even if they don't open up chapter and verse, this is what it goes back to. Whether you talk to someone in farming or someone that's actually producing, uh, predicting futures in farming uh, and commodities, this is what it goes back to. Uh, you talk to the credit card industry. This is how they make their money is on your negative side, their right side of this particular equation. And it all goes back to Scripture. And, and here's what I know. We all want to be zapped and we all want things to happen quick and fast. I mean, I mean, if right now, if I could just hold on to my pants and just and pray a prayer in the name of Jesus and just drop those pounds, man, we would, we, this place would be packed with people going, oh, I want to get the prayer for, you know, weight loss. And, and we probably could, you know, but, but this doesn't work that way. And it's the same way with education. It's the same way with a business. It's the same way with marriage. It's the same way with family. Nothing comes quickly. There's a process. But when you understand the process then you can get where you want to go. But you have to understand there is a 
a process. And this process goes back to God's word. And this is what's so amazing to me. Is that in a world in which we live in where everything seems like it's changing. And everything is going at just 90 miles an hour. And it almost feels erratic at, at times. That you can go back to God's word. And God's word never changes. The Bible says, God says to himself that he changes not. Malachi chapter 3 says. The book of Numbers, uh, chapter 23, says that God is not a man that he would lie. Thus, he, you, can, you can rest and build your life on the truth of his word. And the Bible says in John chapter 17 that God's word is truth. And so we understand as Christ followers that when we follow Jesus, we're following God's word. That Jesus is, is the word of God, according to John chapter 1, made flesh. Now, if you're not a Christ follower... I'm still telling you this principle still works and applies in the world in which we live in. If you are a Christ follower, then you're going to understand it probably from a depth and a, a position that's going to help you not just in a physical sense uh, or in a mental sense or an emotional sense, but in a spiritual sense, which brings it all together. And so Genesis chapter 8, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there. Genesis chapter 8, this is a truth that I have built my life on. This is a truth and a principle that I teach my kids. This is a truth and a principle that I operate marriage on. This is a truth and principle that I operate uh, my, my profession, which we ministry upon. This is a truth and principle that we operate the church on. This is, this is, and quite frankly, this is a truth and a principle that just works. So the Bible says in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, As long as the earth shall endure, there will be seed time and harvest, Cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. I'll read that again. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Now, God is speaking this. This has been recorded in the book of Genesis. This is God's conversation and promise that he has to Noah. What's happened at this point in time is that the um, sin has entered the earth through Adam and Eve. And it's continued just to kind of grow and grow and grow. And finally, God says, I've had enough. And so God sends a great flood to the earth. He, he speaks to Noah. Noah builds an ark. Noah and his family are preserved. And so the, the waters have receded. Uh, now they are there. Noah's built an altar to God. God gives him the promise of the rainbow that he'll never flood the earth again with water. He will never destroy the earth again by flooding it with water. But that what will happen is, is that, and we see this again in the book of Revelation, when John writes his, his holy uh, encounter and vision from God, that, that the earth will be consumed by fire, and then there will be a new heavens and a new earth, but that God will never destroy the earth again by a flood. And then God has this conversation with Noah, and he tells Noah, look, this is things you can, you, you, you can bank on. These are things you can, you can trust. As long as this earth endures, as long as this earth is around, there's going to be seed time and harvest. There's going to be heat and cold. There's going to be summer and winter. There's going to be daytime and nighttime. This will never cease. And what he's saying to him is this is a principle you can build your life on. This is a principle that will always work. This is a principle that will happen in your life. And that when you walk through that, you see that, that the Bible, first of all, says it's daytime and night. Day and night. This will never cease. That we are to live in daytight compartments. That Jesus says don't worry about yesterday because yesterday's gone. There's nothing you can do about yesterday. Don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow's not yet come. Live in the moment now. Carp diem. Let's live and seize this moment now. 
The greatest thing I can tell you in these next few minutes that you have is quit writing your grocery list out. Quit writing what you've got to do this week, who you need to meet with this, this week, checking out mentally. Involve yourself right now in this moment and just simply say, God, what do you want to say to me? What's the one truth? What's the one transferable truth that you want me to know? Holy Spirit, speak to me. That's the amazing thing to me about as a pastor I come with a message that I feel like God has given me, uh, and, uh, and it's not like I get it like in a holy email. That would be awesome if it just downloaded to my iPad. and oh. No, it's one of those things where it's just, this is, it's, 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 a, it's a gifting and of, of being a pastor and, and of leadership giftings that God gives, but it's also then God resonates and says, this is the message that I really want to, to, to people to hear, and then I preach this message, and what's amazing to me is cross-gender, cross-demographics um, of, of social economics, age, that how one message can minister to so many different people at so many different age levels, men, women, uh, 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 old, young, and God can, the Holy Spirit can personally download this right into your life where five or six of you after the service will say to me, hey, that really, man, you were like you were in my kitchen. You were all up in my kitchen rattling the pots and pans. It was like you were reading my mail. You knew what was going on. That's the working of the Holy Spirit. And so the reality is, is that we live in today. God works in day-tight compartments. That's how he created the heavens and the earth. It was evening and morning. It was, it was 24-hour compartments. That's the way God worked. That's the way he works. And when you understand how God works and you work the way God's working, you, the creation, get on the page with the creator, then you begin to understand this is how this stuff works. God doesn't work in five years from now. God doesn't work in 20 years ago. God works now. That's the reason why he gave his grace to Jesus Christ, that he covers our sins and he remembers them no more. If we will confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we don't have to worry about yesterday, and we're not having to be consumed with tomorrow, because tomorrow may never come. I live right now in the moment. Daytime and nighttime, it will never cease. He says that there's going to be seasons. There's going to be days that's going to be cold, days that's going to be hot. Days that's going to be summertime, days that's going to be wintertime. It's this one season begets another season begets another season. So we understand that life works in seasons. Life doesn't just happen. It's not always sunny in 75. I wish it were. The Garden of Eden was sunny in 75. That's just why we crave sunny in 75. We may like snow for a short season, but there's something about, you know, the, like they say the perfect indoor temperature is like 72 degrees because it's... It, it's where we're most comfortable. It's how we're created, but we live in a fallen world. And so inside of us is always this yearning to get to that Garden of Eden state, to get to that place of perfection. And this side of eternity, that's not going to happen. And God communicates, look, there's going to be days that's going to be cold and days that's going to be hot. Days that's going to be perfect, days that's going to be not. There's going to be days that's going to be summer, days that's going to be winter, days that's going to be springtime, days that's going to be fall. But understand this, it will not always be this way. And if you're in a season right now where things are dry and things are, maybe it's wintertime and it feels like everything is dead in your world and it feels like you're just in this dry season where nothing is sticking, the greatest single thing you can do is just keep walking. Know that springtime is going to come. Know that summertime is going to come. I find people when they find themselves in these seasons, if they try to find all these different things to do and they, they try to spin another wheel to see if that will work, and I'm just telling you, you know, I've pastored here for 13 plus years at this point. And there have been seasons where, man, to produce a message and to write a message and to, and to deliver a message is just easy. It just flows. It's like the heavens are open, and it's like, ah. It's just like the angels come, and it, it's just awesome. 
Then there are seasons where I will walk out on the platform and I feel nothing. I don't feel anything. And I have people go, man, that's the greatest message. And I just, God really ministered to me. And that really, and I'm like, great, because I, I am as flat as a pancake. I don't mean to talk about food, but that's just where everything goes back to in my world. That doesn't mean I'm wrong. That means I'm in a season of winter. That's okay. That's natural. It's unnatural to live in a perpetual state of spring. It's unnatural to live in a sunny and 75. We have to have these seasons. We have to have these times. So what do you do in those times, Aaron? I don't quit. Those are the days that on Mondays, I, I quit every Monday. I tell the staff, if anybody wants to be a senior pastor, Monday's the day to be the senior pastor at Life Church. Because that's the day I'll give you the keys. On Mondays, you know, I, I'm going to quit every Monday, but before I quit, I have myself a cup of coffee and I say to myself, self, you can go one more week. And I'm saying that to you to, for you to understand. We all feel that. We all have that. Even if you look at my life and go, wow, how great that would be to work with a bunch of Christian people. It's not that much fun. <laughs> and this is what you do. And I love doing what I do, but I'm telling you, there's just times where it's just a cold season in my life. So I just simply hang on. And if that's where you are, hang on. If you're in a season right now where it's summertime and it's wonderful, enjoy it. Because <laughs> it's not always going to be that way. But he, he begins this with, there, there will be this growth and development that as long as the earth shall endure, there will be seed, time, and harvest. How do we grow and how do we develop by understanding this principle? It's really simple, and, uh, but I, I want to walk through this. There are three factors when you're talking about seed, time, and harvest. So how do you produce these things in your life? The first factor is the soil. You have to have soil. If you're going to have seed, time, and harvest, you have to have soil. And the soil, basically, uh, we see reference that Jesus gives in Matthew chapter 13. He gives a parable, which is a story with meaning. I want to read this for you. Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 3. And a farmer went out to sow his seed. And he was scattering seed. Some fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil, and it sprang up quickly because there was, the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Verse 7, some fell among thorns, and they grew up and choked the plants. And still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, 160 and 30 times what was sown. So when we look at this first factor, this soil, the soil is you. The soil is me. This is where the seed of my life is planted. It, God has, the soil is you. So let's look at this again when we realize that the soil is us. Because Jesus is talking about the gospel here. He's talking about planting the gospel. And he's talking about planting it in the hearts and lives of men and women. And he uses this parable with a meaning. He'll go on in chapter 13 to say, not everybody gets this. And the reason why they don't get this is because they're not really listening. They're not really wanting to hear. And some of you, you may, this may just go right over your head. And it's because you don't really want to hear or you don't really understand not because I'm not making it simple and understandable, but because simply you're just not ready to receive. That's, your, that's, your, that's you. That's the soil. So the seed can be great and the harvest can be a high expectation, but if the soil is poor or non-existent, it won't produce a harvest. So there's four types of soil that he talks about. One is no soil. It's an impervious soil, almost like scattering seed on concrete. It's not going to produce anything because it's not going to receive anything. And if that's you, you have to say, hey, man, how is the soil of my life? Am I even open? Am I, is my heart even receptive? Am I even really willing to hear what God has to say? And if you go, man, I feel like I'm just cold. I, I don't feel anything. There's nothing there. Then my encouragement to you is to get alone with the Lord 
And just say, God, help me. And take this heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. I'm not talking about if you're just in a, in a, in a cold season or a winter season in life or you're not feeling much. I'm just, and, and it's never bad to pray this prayer, but God, let my heart be open to what you want to do. Let my heart receive what you want to do. Do you understand that God created you with a desire to accomplish what he's put, called you to accomplish? And, and what I mean by that is you have to understand that, that a job or vocation predates the fall of man. So before sin entered the world, God gave man work. And, and so the fact that you want to work and have a job and you want to be productive and have a career, that is God's calling on your life. The highest calling is not to be in ministry, because we're all in ministry as, 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 as uh, Christ followers. The highest calling is to do whatever God's called you to do. So if he's called you to be a stay-at-home parent, that's the highest calling for you. If he's called you to be a teacher, that's the highest calling. Factory worker, the highest calling. Called you to be a college student, that's the highest calling. Called you to be an engineer, the highest calling. Called you to be a, an attorney, that's the highest calling. Called you to be a banker, that's the highest calling. Called you to be a pastor, that's the highest calling. Called you to be a missionary. Whatever it is that God has called you to do, that's your highest calling. That's the reason why Paul says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it as unto the Lord. And so God has gifted you with a desire. God's gifted you with a, with, with, with a want to. And when you don't have that want to, something is wrong. That means there's no soil to want to produce anything in your life. And, and if you're there today, I would encourage you, get along with the Holy Spirit and say, God, I know your word says, Pastor Aaron says, and he declares your word that you have a plan for me, that you want to give me the desires of my heart, but right now I don't even feel desires in my heart. Right now I don't even have a capacity, or, or I feel like I've crashed and burned so much, or I feel like I've tried and failed so much. I just don't have this ability to hope. Ask God, and He, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, that He will give you liberally wisdom for anybody who asks. The other kind of soil that we see is little or shallow soil. There's enough there, and, and the, the seed falls to the ground, it dies, it germinates, and it comes back to the soil, and it comes up quickly. But, but it has no root system. It, it has no ability to be able to, to really withstand anything. And so it's just when the sun comes, when adversity comes, when any kind of heat comes, it just folds like a cheap suit. Uh, this, is, this is where you're, you are just, you're weak. You, 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 you're, there's, not, there's not any depth to you. And, 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 and I, I, my advice to you is to, to, again, you have to evaluate the soil of your own life for yourself, but to simply ask that, how, how deep am I? How, how much, how broad, how, how deep, how, how much capacity do I have? And, and if you're not, then you need to get in things like God's Word, but you also need to get around people that are living the kind of life that you want to live. I do this. I've done this my whole life. And the older I get, the older the, the people that speak into my life are. But at 44, I try to get around guys who are in their late 50s, early 60s, maybe even late 60s, that have been through midlife. And I go, how did you navigate this? How did you successfully stay married? How did you raise your kids? How did you do your career? How do you do this? Because what I find is that successful people have, there's a lot of the same common denominators. And I'm wanting to grow depth in me. I don't want to be shallow. I, look, it is very easy to pop up and be an overnight success. The problem is the sustainability. 
And, and, and what happens in life is you can have your 15 minutes of success or you can be sustainable for a lifetime. Do you, do, you want to do, do you want to be successful or do you want to be significant? Do you want your life just to be a blurb of success or do you want to give something so that there's a legacy that leaves on? And so what I find is with older guys is, and, and, and leaders, they, they have this mindset that they want to accomplish something, not for themselves, but for generations after them. They want it to sustain beyond themselves. When you're young, you're just trying to accomplish and trying to scrap out of the heap so that you get attention. As you get older, you want to make sure that it's not just successful, but it's significant, that you're doing something that lasts, that makes a difference. So I try to get around those people, and I try to see how they think, and what, what, what are the details they sweat over, and what are the things that they don't, and, and, and how do they lean into that? It's developing that. And my encouragement to you is if you find yourself in little or shallow soil, you need to create depth in your life. And you're only going to create depth in your life by being around other incredible Christ followers. You, you have a ministry where God's flowing through you. That's how purpose is created. When the infinite God flows through us as finite creatures to touch another finite creature, purpose is always created. That's the reason why I try to get so many people on mission trips, especially students, because it's in that moment that they realize this is what God's called me to do. This is what my purpose in life is. Because we're not created for achievement. We're created for relationship. And when God flows through you to touch somebody else, purpose is created. Whether you have the ability to, to run business and, and to be able to help people and provide jobs and then take, take the blessings that God's given to you and bless other people with it, whether you're called to, 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 to the lowest of the low and to the destitute of the world and you're called to give yourself and spend yourself, wherever you're called on that continuum, God will use you. And, and, but the reality is, is that you've got to be deep enough to be able to handle that. The third kind of soil that we see there is thorny soil. So it, the, the, the seed falls, it's deep enough, it, it, it's good enough, but when it comes up, there's too many competing influences. This happens a lot with people. Is You begin to, to rise, you begin to grow, and instead of keeping your focus small, instead of keeping your focus trimmed in, you just have a tendency of just, it's way too broad. Uh, if you've read uh, Jim Collins' book, which is, he's not a Christ follower, he's a great guy, great, great author, called Good to Great, this is where he gets the hedgehog principle and the flywheel principle. And, and so great companies, he did this whole study, it's somewhat academic, but, but, but great companies uh, in, in the United States, what makes them great, not just good, but great, is that they have a tendency to focus on things. They have a tendency to, to continue to stay down that path until it gets enough momentum and it takes off. And what happens is, is that if you're living life in thorny soil, there's too much competition. There's too many other competing ideas. So you have to shut out the critics. You've got to shut out the people that are around you, that, that will, the, the naysayers. And you've got to focus in on, this is what I'm called to do, and let those voices speak into your life. If you don't, it will choke out the very dream and the harvest that God has for you. And the last is good soil. And good soil is ready to receive. And here's what we know is that good soil has enough depth to, to produce a harvest. It has enough, uh, it's, it's a, a weed or thorny free to be able to keep from competing voices. And it's deep enough that it allows for that harvest to be there until it's time to harvest it. And here's what we know. What Jesus says is that whenever you, you um, produce, whenever you sow good seed in good soil, it will produce a crop, period. 30, 60, or 100 fold. So what that means is that someone who's aligned with Christ, who's got, who, the, who their life is good soil, and they're putting good seed in that good soil, that the smallest person that they're ever going to be is right now today. 
Because tomorrow they're going to be greater than where they were today. And the next day they're going to be greater. And the next day they're going to be greater. And the next day they're going to be greater. And that power is exponential. This is what we talk about with compound interest. If you're on the right, right side of compound interest, you, you go to a financial planner, you start putting money back, you invest it smart, and then what happens is you're on the right side, so it starts making money for yourself, and it's exponential the longer that you go. The same way that works against you if you don't invest and you put it on a credit card and you want to swipe your way to happiness. Right? And so you're going to live for today. You're not going to worry about tomorrow. You're just going to swipe, swipe, swipe your way to happiness. The credit card bill comes. It's overwhelming. So you go swipe again because that makes you feel good because it releases certain endorphins in your brain that makes you forget about everything for the moment. And then the bill comes and you make these minimal monthly payments. And all of a sudden you're up to your yin-yang in debt and you don't know what else to do. The credit card companies are making money off of you in the droves. Why? Because they're on the right side of compound interest and you're on the wrong side. What I'm saying to you is, is that if you're on the right side of this, meaning you've sown good seed and you've delayed gratification, you've sown today, you've given time, and then you have a harvest, you don't try to have your harvest today, and then you're going to give it time, and then you're going to sow seed, it doesn't work that way. You're going to find yourself producing a life that's 30, 60, or 100 times greater than what, you, what you'd be just on your own. That's the key to this. That's, that's the truth. So when God's telling this to Noah, it's not trying to be mean. It's saying, look, for as long as this earth will endure, here's what's going to happen. There's going to be seed, time, and harvest. There's going to be heat and cold. There's going to be summer and winter. There's going to be day and night. This will not cease as long as this earth is here. And so soil, what you have to understand, the soil is you, and so you determine the soil. The next thing is seed. What's the seed? The seed is the vision, it's the hope, it's the life that you have. That's your seed. What, what is the vision that God's put in you? What's the dreams he's put in you? What, what is that in you that gets you up in the morning and puts you to bed at night? And, and, and so Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 says that without vision, people perish. Without vision, people die. Without a vision for your future, your future dies. Without a vision for your family, your family dies. Without a vision for your marriage, your marriage dies. Without a vision for your business, your business dies. Without a vision for your career, your career dies. Without a vision for your spiritual growth, your spiritual growth dies. Without a vision for your finances, your finances die. Where there is no vision, there is death. Period. I didn't write the book. I'm just telling you what it says. So how do I know this? That the seed is my future. The seed is my future. That is what I'm believing God for. What are the things you're believing God for? What are the things that you get you up in the morning and put you to bed at night? What are the things you dream about? What would you do if you couldn't fail? I'd be an Olympic long-distance runner. No, I wouldn't. I don't have a body for that. Do you understand what I'm saying? What is it that God's put in your heart? So if you're young, this is relatively easy. But what you have to understand if you're young is that there's going to be a lot of competing interests that are going to try to choke out that dream. There's going to be a lot of things that are going to try to minimize you and choices. I was talking to my, to my oldest, and I said, you know, at 17, you are in an incredible place in life. Because at 17, you can be anything you want to be, go anywhere you want to go, and do anything with your life you want to do. And what happens is, as you begin to make choices, it becomes more and more and more focused. If you make good choices, you focus in. And you begin to produce this life of righteousness that will begin to beget after itself. If you make poor choices, then it puts you further and further and further behind. And so, for those that make good choices, hey man, that, that's, that's, that's great. But what about those of us that make poor choices? Because I'm just telling you that, you know... Bad is always easier than good. It's always easier to eat a bag of Oreo cookies than it is to eat 
uh, stock of celery, right? It just is. I don't know what it is about it. It just is. The trans fats, got to love them. So it's just easier. So why is it that it's easier to do bad than it is to do good? Because my flesh, everything about us, the way we're hardwired, is we are not hardwired for this good life. It's like it blows our circuits. It's like, but God comes into our hearts, into our lives, and he transforms us by the renewing of our minds through his word. So the more that when I accept Jesus Christ into my heart and my life, that I spend time in God's word, he begins to renew and change my mind and my way of thinking. And thus then I began to do good things. And as I began to do those good things that God has for me, then good begins to be produced in my life. But it's always going to be easier to do the wrong thing or the bad thing. The Bible even says about sin that sin is fun, is fun for a short season. There's a season where, man, it's, it's awesome. The problem is, is, that, is that when you have to pay the tab, that, that the wage or that the effect of that is, is death. And so you may be here today and go, you know, man, I don't really, I don't know that I buy that. I don't know that, you know, you talk about this vision and hope and and I'm just at a place in my life where, dude, my, I work for a living. I, I uh, which is to infer that I don't, but I'm, this is me having the conversation myself, so it's not you, right? But, I mean, my fingernails are dirty, and I get up, and I basically trade days for dollars and whatever. But, you know, maybe this is a great message for kids, but not for me. Well, my problem with that is, is that the Bible says that as long as you've got breath in your body, that God's giving you a future and a hope. That the calling of God upon your life is without repentance, which means you, don't, you can't walk away from it. And you may make choices that minimize that, but ultimately, I love what David says, don't gloat over me, my enemies, for though I have fallen, yet I will arise. There's something inside of us. That's why we love a comeback story. There's something inside of us that just says things can be better, things can be greater. There's an enemy in your head that wants to kill that. There are thorns that want to choke that out. But the reality is, is that I'm not telling you what I think, I'm telling you what God's word says, that God has fearfully and wonderfully made you. And that by his grace that we've been saved, and that not of ourselves, is a gift of God, lest any of us become boastful. So it's not even about me to accomplish anything, it's about God's grace working in and through my life. And if you have breath in your body, and you all do, you're here, then God has a plan for you. So the question is, what is that plan? The question is, what is that vision? That's the journey that you have to be on. And I hear some people go, well, but, you know, I'm just too old. And I'm just too, you know, I go back to a guy named D.L. Moody, who there is a Bible college in downtown Chicago that's named after. He was a world-famous evangelist. But you know what he began doing in life? He was a cobbler. He had a shoe shop. And then he began to teach Sunday school. And then from there, God began to open up more and more and more doors until he became a worldwide evangelist. There's a guy named Morris Potts who's one of the greatest missionaries who ever walked on the continent of Africa. Didn't leave for the mission field until he was 50. And they told him, Morris, you cannot do this. Morris, you cannot go. Morris, you're not qualified. Morris, you're too old. We don't send people. And he went anyhow, and God did amazing and incredible things in and through his life. So when people tell me I'm too old, or I've made too many choices, or I've made too many mistakes, no, 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 you haven't. The question is, as long as this earth shall endure, as long as you're enduring on this earth, there will be seed, time, and harvest. There's an opportunity for you to plant your seed in good soil, and a good harvest is going to come. How are you confident of that? Because the Bible says, verse, the Bible says right there in verse number eight, that when seed fell on good soil, it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. 
regardless of your age, regardless of your choices, regardless of where you are. God wants to do good in your life. The question is, will you let him? And the last is the harvest. The last factor of seed time and harvest is the soil, it's the seed, it's the harvest. It's the ultimate. It's, 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 it's the fulfillment of the seed. I want to read this for you. Galatians 6, 7, 8, and 9. This goes back. This is in reference to Genesis chapter 8. Do not be deceived, for God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows, period. It's a declarative statement. Verse 8, whoever sows to the please their flesh, from the flesh they'll reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit they'll reap, reap eternal life. Let us then not become weary in doing good. For at a proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. How do you reap a harvest? Don't give up. Why? Because giving up is easy. Because giving up is what you're going to want to do. Because giving up is normal. Because wanting to give up is a natural part of this. I'm telling you, the most spiritual thing you can do in your walk with Christ, the most spiritual thing you can do in your business, the most spiritual thing you can do is when God's put something in your heart and you've, you've got the best soil that you can and that you've put good seed in there, just don't quit. Why? Because if you quit, you're not going to receive your harvest. Somebody else will get the benefit from it, but you won't. Just don't quit. Just don't quit. The most spiritual thing that I do most of the time is I just refuse to quit. Why? Because I want to quit. Because it's easy to quit. Again, doing bad is very easy. Doing good is difficult. It's counterintuitive to, to, to my very nature. But the Bible says that God's not mocked. That God, again, it goes back to what Numbers says in chapter 23, that God is not a man that he would lie, that his word is truth according to John 17. And so the bottom line is, is that whatever we sow, that's what we're going to reap. So you're going to sow something. The question is, is uh, what are you going to sow? That's the question, not if you're going to sow. And you're going to have a harvest. It's either going to be bad or it's going to be good. That's not the question if you're going to have a harvest. It's going to be what kind of harvest you're going to have. And so... In my life, what soil am I planting my seed with expectation of harvest? It goes back to what am I expecting to get? Where am I expecting to go? What am I expecting to accomplish? And in order to see that happen, I just simply continue to go back to God's word. That's just why I keep coming back to this on the scriptural principle. Because my words will fade away, but God's word never will. And this is the truth. This is a principle. It's, it's true with all people at all days at all times. This is his word. So today, you can have good seed and a good harvest, but poor soil, and it doesn't work. You can have good soil and a good harvest with no seed, and it doesn't work. You can have good soil and, and good seed, but no harvest in mind. It's not going to work. It takes the soil, it takes the seed, and it takes a belief for the harvest for things to come to pass. But it all begins with the soil, which is you. And so whatever it is that God's put in your heart today, I don't know what that is. Maybe some of you go, wow, man, I don't even know. I don't even, I, I, I have so put vision and future for myself so on the back burner, I don't even know what that is anymore. Then I make that a matter of prayer. God, what is it? Your word says that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made in Jeremiah. Your word says that I'm made in your image and in your likeness. Your word says that you've created me to do good things. Your word says that, that, that you want to do exceedingly and abundantly above all I can think or ask. And right now, I don't even know, even know where to begin. God, what is it that you want me to do? Regardless of your age, regardless of the choices that you've made in life, yesterday's gone. Remember? 
Day and night it shall not cease. The good news about that is yesterday's over. What about today? Tomorrow's not yet come. Don't worry. Don't hey, they're all well. What if this happens? And what if that happens? And what if no 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 no? It hasn't come. I'm telling you, successful people, this is how they they train their mind to think in a way. And this is what God's word says. If we, if we understand this, if we get this, this will always produce in our life. Now, the ultimate, whether it produces 30, 60, or 100, that's really ultimately up to the Lord. But what it does mean is that I can do great things. I can, I can take this life that God's given me, and I can juice it for all it's worth. And I can see God do great things in my life. But if I hold the seed that God's given me, and I just hold it in my hand, and I never plant it, it will never be any greater than what it is. But if I put it in the soil, and I trust God with it, According to his word, it'll produce. Some of you, it's soil. You need to sit there and think, man, what about the soil in my life? How am I? You need to develop that. And some of you, man, you've got good soil and you've good seed, and you're believing for that harvest. Just don't quit. Just don't quit. Right now, I'm, I'm in a I'm, I'm in a, a doctoral program, and one of the advices that I one of the piece of advice that I've gotten from a one of the, the professors is, just do the next assignment. Don't think about the dissertation. Don't think about the writing. Don't think about, I mean, we're reading three to four or 500 pages a week. Don't think about next week. Just what do you have to do today? What do you have to do today? What do you have to do? Just get through today. Just make it through today. Just make it through right now, this assignment, and then take the next assignment, and the next assignment, and the next assignment. And I, I'm, you know, I'm, again, I'm, I'm just a redneck kid from Arkansas. I, 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 I'm not... It's not like I'm, I have a proclivity in these directions. It's just this is something that God's put in my heart, so I want to see those things happen. What is it God wants to do in your life? What, what is he, where is he taking you? Maybe it's a career path. Maybe you're having to go to school at night and work through that. Maybe you're a single parent, and you're just trying to survive through. But there's something inside of you. I don't know what it is, but here's what I do know. is that God's given all of us something. What is that? And, uh, and what I do know is that we want to accomplish it, and this is how to do it. Because this is a principle that works at any time, at any day, at any place, with any group of people.